there's a lot of just there's just an abundance of information online and virtually any problem that you have there's an answer on the internet to how other people are getting through it and taking a combination of all those answers and figuring out what answer is going to work for you um, has been like a huge thing for me Today we have Eddie Malouf joining us on the show. He's a 20-something entrepreneur out there making a pretty big difference in the lives of many larger companies. Actually, I think you'll find some of his work to be very fascinating. But I preface today's show a little bit because honestly, most of my guests are folks that I go out and reach um, and ask to be on the show because I've seen or heard how they have done something pretty significant or i've had a really good opportunity to see what they've done in one field or another and they just strike me as individuals who would be great to talk about the field of education now eddie comes to us actually you know listening to our show and after listening to it he asked if he could be on the show. And then after I had looked up his profile and learned a little bit more about him, I will be honest, I was a little suspicious because when somebody asks, especially since we have more and more people who are actually asking to be on the show, I do have to think or at least think twice whether or not we bring them on. Well, I will tell you this, I was surprised. I was actually so surprised that Today, I look forward to you all listening to Eddie and his story. So listen up, take a little bit of time because I think you'll enjoy hearing what this millennial has done. And on top of that, he'll give you a good perspective of how our younger generation honestly thinks about education. So thanks for joining us on Educate and we hope you enjoy Eddie Malouf. Thanks for joining us on the show, Eddie. So how are you doing tonight? Thanks all, man. I'm doing great. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you. Well, so tell us about the episode you actually listened to that I told all the audience, you know, that you reached out and, and talked to me about. But uh, why did you like it so much? Uh, I don't know if this is the one I messaged you about, but my favorite one so far has been the da data science one. I think it was with a oh. guy named Derek. Yeah, um, I, I know I messaged you about a. I might have probably messaged you about a different one based on the timeline, but the the one with Derek was probably the first one that I actually got intro to your podcast on. Um, and then just seeing the perspectives of the kind of people that you put on the show, rather than just like a normal kind of like solopreneur kind of basis, you, I, I feel like you find people a lot higher in like the education system. Um, and I really appreciated Derek's perspective on how. Um, I think the thing that really stuck out to me was how he embodies a certain like culture in his company. And so that reflects on all his products and how uh, they execute from the data science side as well as the team. So that was like a huge sticking point to me. And, you know, I, I do my best to kind of run my business in a similar fashion. So it got me kind of, I guess, say hooked on uh, continuing on uh, Spotify on your podcast whenever I got the chance. So that was like my intro episode. I, I honestly don't recall which episode I messaged you about specifically, uh, but that was the one that kind of got me into this stream of things before I kind of reached out to you, I think a couple weeks later. 
Yeah, cool, cool. Well, I'm sure Derek would be happy to hear that. So uh, I'll have to tell them uh, when I get get a hold of them the next. Um, well, well, speaking of business, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so what, what kind of business do you run? Uh, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, when, when we spoke or whatever the case may be, I didn't really know a lot of your background, but then I found out I think you, you've done okay. Am I correct? Um, I guess okay is perspective, right, for everyone? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess that in American statistics, I do great, you know what I mean? In, in the reality of the business world, you know, there's we, we got so much more to grow and to learn and, you know, uh, create like a serious impact on the world's market rather than just, you know, smaller markets, I think. So long way to go, but I've, I guess in comparison to where everyone perceives success to be, I'd say we've done pretty well, yeah. Okay, and, and what is we? So, what do you do? And tell us a little bit about your background. Okay, cool. So, um, our current company is called Four Media. We do uh, you know, digital marketing um, for a lot of brands. And um, contrary to what most brands or most marketing companies aim to do, um, actually, let me structure it this way. There's really a um, few kinds of different marketing companies. There's like the people who kind of are really a freelancer, but are you know. They put a company name and um, that's what they do. They do marketing because they learned it online and they're very skilled at it. And so they do that on like a freelance basis through a company name. And then there's small companies um, who, you know, find projects, whatever they can do. And then there's the big brands that kind of just take over the Pepsis and the stuff like that. We're kind of like in the middle where we pride ourselves on taking brands that absolutely don't do well, don't understand logistics, don't understand more than just the marketing side and kind of creating their whole brand and scaling them, whether it's through local business or e-commerce, scaling that brand and seeing the person succeed. And like really as a team, we enjoy seeing someone going from, you know, not doing that well, barely getting by to like thriving, going on vacations with their family and things like that. That's really where our pride comes from. Uh, and then we have like the bigger brands that kind of are our financial security, which is, you know, companies we've worked with that are huge, like Burger King is a really big one. We did a lot of campaigns for uh, the Middle East and Asia for them. Um, another one, uh, it's like Julius Dean. I don't know if you know who he is. He's probably like, I think he's like the most watched magician. He's like the third most watched guy on Facebook. He had like, we had 1.5 billion views just in June alone. Wow. So. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, so we do have some big brands we work with, but like, quite frankly, we really pride ourselves on the small brands because being able to take a business from absolutely nothing and coaching these people and educating them and then doing the marketing on the back end to get them to a point of success is just so satisfying, just kind of building something from the ground up. So that's really what we do. Got it. Well, how did you get into this? I mean, what, what led you into this space and why, why did you build what you built? Um, so here, here's a cool story, which I think will guide us into the education segment in the future um, of this podcast. So uh, the long story, uh, which is really just a couple of minutes, um, I was in I was in college. I went to University of Georgia, uh, mm -hmm. studied business. Uh, the reason I went there was uh, at the time it was a top three business school in the categories that I was trying to go for. Mm -hmm. um, so I applied. It was in state. You know, we got scholarships. So. I basically didn't have to pay anything out of pocket except for like dorms. Um, so it was a huge deal. I had to take it. Uh, <clears throat> went there and while I was there, I basically looked at, I was, I was big into fitness at the time and I looked at the market. I'm from Lebanon in the Middle East. Mm 
Mm. And I, I, I'm very familiar with the Middle Eastern market because I used to go every year. And I looked at Dubai, I looked at Kuwait, I looked at Saudi Arabia, I looked at Lebanon, Egypt, all these countries. And I noticed like the supplement side of things was like really lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't enough education in the space and people weren't opening up their brands in those regions because they were focusing on the bigger markets like UK, Europe, US, um, Canada, Australia, you know. So no one really looked at these as the big brands. So while I was in university, I actually stepped out. Um, I probably missed so many exams, I can't even count. And my professors <laughs> were okay with it. <laughs> my professors were okay because I, you know, I made it up, but like they were okay because I was, you know, I was doing business. It wasn't like I was just like, you know, skipping them for no reason. Sure. Um, and I kind of really, fi- I finessed like one of the, like, I guess something like looking back, if it was in any other situation, I would have finessed probably like the biggest deal of my life. But I got the top 15 supplement brands in the US by sales um, internationally to sign exclusivity with me for the Middle East for like a three year period, hmm. uh, which, is, which is crazy. Like, if you really think about this, like, 20 year old guy who just, you know, talked to all these execs in these businesses, and like, I basically finessed my way through like their conventions and stuff to getting to the top guys. And I signed the top 15 companies in the US on exclusivity. So I got super huge in the marketing. The way I was able to get them on exclusivity was I showed up with like a marketing plan. I was like, here's how we're taking over the Middle East. And every single person bought into it. Um, In that process, I graduate college. I worked at a gym. Like basically, I was like, this is just a job to figure out what's happening in the Middle East so I can get this all approved. Long story short, after like 18 months of paperwork, uh, I noticed there was way too much corruption in the Middle East. And for me to get in as someone from the outside, they were doing everything they possibly could to stop me from doing that. Um, and uh, it was just like a huge bummer. I was like, I'm not going to get into a business where someone can regulate me without actual regulations. You know what I mean? Just pure corruption, stopping right. me from getting to the last step. I've done everything they need me to do. They still say no for no reason. Uh, so I bailed on that. And uh, about a couple months later, I was I was doing really well at my fitness job. To be to be fair, I was making six figures, um, which you know for a lot of people is like a threshold of success of some sort. Um, so most people would have been okay with that. Um, but they offered me like a regional job, and in the same interview, I was like, let me go to lunch and think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of where the story wraps up. I called my father. Um, I was kind of just eating lunch alone. And I said, listen, I know you got a business. I, I know I'm I'm figuring out this internet marketing thing, um, but I think I can be pretty good at it. And I think I can bring you a lot of money. I know you can't pay me what these guys are paying me, but like, what can you pay me if I quit my six figure job right now to go work for you and figure this thing out together? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, I can give you like 2,500 bucks a month. I'm like, oh damn, that's such a pay cut. <laughs> so um, I actually, uh, I told them, listen, give me 2,500 and 20% of the extra profits that I bring in month, like basically year over year for every month. Okay. And it was, he was like, that's, that sounds fair to me. Let's do it. Um, mm-hmm. So I made a huge impact on his business, made him literally like half a million dollars more in profit the next year, all from oh. a laptop. And I didn't know anything. You know what I mean? I was like figuring it out. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of my journey. From there, like people started coming to me and being like, hey, I saw what you did for your dad. Can you do this? Can you do that? And, um, you know, over the last few years, we've scaled it to like a team where clients come to us and we have outbound marketing and things like that as well. So that's the whole long spiel. And I, I, I go long because if someone's listening, they can 
somewhat relate to to the different things that I had to kind of go through to get to that point. Yeah, well, I mean, if they want to reach out to you to learn more, what, what, how about I get a hold of you? Uh, probably my Instagram, honestly, just Eddie Maloof um, okay. would probably be the best way. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, um, that's interesting. I mean, it sounds like, you know, when you jumped in with your dad and stuff, um, and I'd love to talk more about your dad, to be honest, um, and we might, but um, you, you probably didn't know. You said you didn't really know anything about the area. So how did you learn? Um, so I knew a bit, right? But like I say, I don't know because now I'm years in and I was like, I really didn't know anything back then. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But uh, I'll uh, at the time when I was learning, I actually, uh, I, I wasn't good at Google ads or anything. I was like all Facebook. Uh, and social okay. media and like building websites and figuring out how to run traffic and things like that. And I actually learned while I was in college, um, and this is why I think self-education is so important. Um, while I was going to school, I wasn't obviously there, especially years ago, you know what I mean? I'm, we're talking like seven years ago, mm -hmm. uh, seven, eight years ago, they were, they were not teaching, you know, social media marketing or how to run ads and conversions and things like that. Um, right. so I kind of had to learn it on my own and there wasn't a single YouTube video or anything like that. I remember Gary Vaynerchuk in a video mentioned Facebook dark posts is what it was called at the time. And I was like, let me figure this thing out. And I'll never forget. I, I sat on my, my Asus laptop in my dorm room and there was like a party going on in our dorm and everything. And I was like, just sitting in the room. I sat there for 14 hours trying to figure this thing out. <laughs> and I, I finally ran my first ad <laughs> and I, I brought some business. I, I spent like 30 bucks and brought like, you know, 300. And I was like, yo, this is really cool. <laughs> so, uh, and there's like not a YouTube video. There wasn't a course. There's just absolutely nothing back then and like no resources. So it took forever to learn. But that was kind of my first step. That was before the whole uh, signing on all these brands for supplements to bring them over to the Middle East. Um, so that was kind of my inspiration to building a marketing plan and being like, if I do this in the Middle East right now, I'm going to make a killing. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, and, and solve such a huge market problem at the same time. And uh, that was kind of my inspiration to doing that. So, uh, And then after that, you know, when I worked with my father, it was just about figuring it out. You know, you're, you're, you do some stuff online as well. So I'm sure you know, like, you know, what you knew two, three years ago is just way different now just because of trial and error so many times you can kind of like, catch something before it happens now. So sure. um, that's kind of how it grew from there. Well, let, let me ask you this question, because I mean, this is what uh, I said, you know, early part of the show, like right before we, we jumped on, uh, I said, hey, you know, I, I looked at this video on Eddie's website, you know, Brilliant Marketing, and, and it kind of looks like one of these videos that you'll see in ads on YouTube. And for the majority of us who are cynical, you know, where, where we doubt like almost immediately anything that's said to us that we don't know, you know, we're like, no, he's just, you know, delivering a bunch of BS to us, right? You know, he's just trying to sell us, et cetera. Um, do, do you get that kind of feedback? And, 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 you know, tell us a little bit about like, you know, like what it is like to do what you're doing because, you know, digital marketing is so new for, I would argue, 90, maybe 95% of the world, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's it's shocking because the richest person in the world did digital better than everybody else, right? He took yeah. SEO seriously. He took PPC seriously. He took email seriously. He took everything seriously. And now he's the richest man on the planet, right? Mm -hmm. Now, and, and here you are, um, you, you know, I, I don't, where, where was that video taken, by the way? Uh, it looked like you're in some really beautiful place, 
you know, uh, you know. At Playa del Carmen, Mexico, I was on a resort that I'm actually getting married in. I was supposed to get married in two weeks, but that got postponed till uh, oh, till yeah. uh, till next year. But yeah, that's actually where I'm getting married. <laughs> Congratulations! Well, Thanks. sorry, I had no idea, but uh, <laughs> well, so tell. I mean, you're sitting there, you know, and you're, you're 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 capturing yourself on one of these, you know, selfie video sticks or whatever it is. And, you know, and, and you know, for, from the average person out there who watches it, I don't know. I mean, do, do you think they're attracted to this idea? And, like, well, you know, tell us a little bit about this whole thing. Because, I mean, I, I swear there's a lot of these videos if you're watching YouTube. For sure, yeah. So uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, cynicism is always there, no matter kind of what you do. Um, um, I have, for just to give examples, I have, like, personal injury attorneys uh, that work with me that make, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And they'll run an ad and people, the whole comment thread is just people being cynical and calling them ambulance chasers and saying they, you know, everything they do is a lie and they're scumbags and all these things. You know what I mean? Um, So in every industry, especially people that are unfamiliar with it, there's always cynicism. Um, In digital marketing specifically, I I test everything. So uh, in in my specific website, actually, I had a video on there that was like super educational. I'm going through the program. So for reference, my, my business is called Four Media. My uh, company that uh, does like education, so I actually teach other people how to do marketing, is called Brilliant Marketers. So that's oh. the site that you were on. And so I ran an educational-based video where it had no fluff, no nothing, and I was just like, hey, here's the program, here's what I teach, here's some examples of accounts we work with that spend you know $60,000 a day in advertising, and here's... Here's how we teach you to go from zero to huge numbers like that. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. It didn't work. And then I took a video on you know the top of a really cool hill in Mexico, and I talked about the normal problems that people have and getting out of the rat race and things like that. And that seemed to work dramatically better in the mm-hmm. same exact website. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so when it comes to the cynicism part of it. And the skepticism, I'll call it more skepticism because that's really what it is, right? It's skepticism. Um, When it comes to the skeptical part of it, of course, if I'm running an ad on YouTube, on social media, on something, people are going to be skeptical. They have no idea who I am. They're a totally cold audience. Another one of these guys, kind of like you're saying, right? Oh, here it goes. Yeah, sell me on the dream. It's all going to happen. Ferraris, Lambos, blah, blah, blah. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? But if, if it's someone who actually follows me, uh, that's a way different perspective because if, if anyone follows me, you know, on any social media, uh, I all I do is just put out value about business. Um, like like things that people have paid me like $15,000 to go consult their company, I'll put in a five-minute video on how this problem needs to be solved and I'll just put it out for free on Instagram. Um, so like if someone follows me, they look at me a lot different because there's, no, there's not as much skepticism because they're like a warm audience. They understand kind of my personality and Right. That I, I practice what I preach. But of course, no matter what situation it is, there's going to be a lot of skepticism if you're just running advertisements and people have no idea who you are kind of in that process. But you look at people like Ty Lopez, who kind of did this before everyone mm-hmm. um, and ran all these ads and everyone trashes him and, oh, look at him. He's fake. He's all this. He's that. And the man's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. You know what I mean? So at the end of the yeah. day, um, at the end of the day, you know, he it, it works. So. Um, the skepticism is there, but at the end of the day, you know, there are, like you said, the richest man in the world did it through digital marketing. And I will tell you this, I'd say 
more than real estate in the next five years, there will be so many more millionaires due to digital marketing uh, mm -hmm. than we've ever seen, I think, in the history of time, just due to especially everything happening with coronavirus and stuff now. But like just a complete shift of people going online, mm -hmm. digital ads is going to be a millionaire maker like we've never seen before. And I think a lot of people are missing out on it. And it's not for everyone, but like it's not for everyone to do as a full time job, but it's for everyone to use for their business. That's for sure. 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 I mean, Google Google's making how much? What sixty billion a quarter? I don't know what it is, but it's in at least the tens of billions, right? So, and that's coming make mostly from Google Ads, and so for people, sure, yeah, right. And uh, do you know John Chow? John Chow dot com? No. John Chow Chow C H O W. Yeah. So John, yeah, John blogs, uh, and basically he blogs about making money. And so all he does is just blog about making money and he's been doing it for years. So you should check him out. And, uh, it's, he's interesting. He lives actually just down the street in Irvine. And, uh, you know, and all honesty, I met him, uh, years ago and, you know, kind of, kind of seemed like a joke to me. I mean, to be honest and no offense, John, but you did. And, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, he, he did this thing called dot com fa. And so we just hung out with other people. Unfortunately, I met some really, really cool, genuine individuals there. But John just kind of seemed like he was scamming us to a certain degree, right? But you go to his website, and what he does is he just talks about making money. And, you know, he's actually a very legit guy. And he claims to make 500 k plus a year um, just blogging. You know, mostly, I think, vlogging or blogging now. Um, and so, you know, frankly, he does this stuff and you can see the checks. I mean, he was spending, I don't know, like $10,000, $20,000 in rent when he's up in Seattle for a little while. And so, um, yeah, it just, when you talk about these individuals, I mean, I've met him in person and, you know, I've, I've actually dealt with him and he also paid me to help him, you know, do more search engine optimization at one point. So they're legitimate figures, but I was just kind of curious because I mean, you, you, you meet these people every day, right? Yeah, and you have no idea how much they make. It's crazy. <laughs> dude. I, I, I kid you not, man. I have people. I, I I swear, I have people that are like nineteen, and they'll message me and be like, "Hey, man, I got an e-commerce store. Can you help me out?" I'm like, "Sure." Like, what's this guy making? You know, like a couple grand a month, and then I'll open his store, and it's like three hundred fifty thousand dollars last month. I'm like, "What in the world, dude? These are nineteen-year-old kids, and they're like." in their dorm rooms and their parents' basements. You know what I mean? Um, and that's obviously like the 1% example, right? But like, sure, sure. you really never know. And I meet so many people and like, the more I'm in this game, the more I realize how much money people are actually making and no one is talking about it because not everyone who makes money goes and flexes their Lamborghini. There's people making way more money that just don't talk about it. And then you look at their banks and it's straight up 15 million in cash and they're in their mid twenties. You know what I mean? And you're like, how in the world did you do this? Um, yeah. So it is a real thing. And yes, in any industry, there are people that are probably scamming people online. There's probably no easier place to get scammed than the internet, which is why people are so cautious when it comes to things like this. Right. But this is an industry. Uh, it's just an industry of marketing and it's shifted from, you know, people who are sending mailers and newspapers to people who are doing SEO like you do, or people who are doing paid advertisements like I do. And at the end of the day, um, most people spend, or people spend most of their time on the internet, whether yeah. it's on Netflix or whether it's on a phone or whether it's on a laptop, whatever it is, most their day, like more than sleep is spent on the internet. 
So that is a world of itself. And if you know how to advertise on it and to get people's attention to buy whatever it is that you're selling at a profitable rate, then you can make infinite amounts of money because the market has gone from instead of you in only marketing to people in Irvine, you are now marketing to people all the way in the UK, all the way in Australia, all the way in Canada. And your market goes from 100,000 people to 4 billion people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that are that are worth targeting. So it's just a whole another world that we live in now. And yeah. anyone just due to the logistics of the world can can have access to that. Yeah, I mean, you just keep on spawning thoughts in my head. Like there's another guy I know, a friend of mine who makes over a million dollars a year uh, from YouTube. So he is a YouTuber and he has like 4 million followers or whatever. And he just got into it accidentally, I think, you know, the gaming revolution, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, right? So he's not he's not anybody that special. He just got into it really early, you know, and incestuously built up his, you know, YouTube empire. And now actually he makes a lot of money from Twitter ads. But um, and he's real, you know, he spends money like you'd never believe in. I'm sorry, you would believe it because you've experienced it, right? Mm -hmm. But but uh, no, they're out there. And uh, I mean, people are literally chomping on food and making YouTube videos and making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, right? Dude, yeah, so, dude, my brother, my brother plays video games and he makes six figures a year. He's 21 sitting in, a, in my mom's house in a bedroom and he literally just streams himself. <laughs> he's, he's like top 50, he's like top, I don't know, 30 or 50 on Twitch in the world. Oh, wow. Um, and he like makes a killing, dude. And he's like, has celebrities on his stream and things like that. like. I'm like, what in the world, dude? If these guys really knew, like, this guy just sits in his room all day. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like, I'm like, you bum, and then he's making, you know, he's making more than the average American does. So, it's a crazy world we live in, man. It's definitely real, that's for sure. Um, it just, you know, it it takes time to learn and to figure it out. There's a lot of flukes out there where people find a really cool product, run some ads, and they make some money. But, you know, for me, it's about consistency. Like, can you make a hundred thousand every month, not just one month? You know what right. I mean? So that right. that kind of takes time and skills and understanding logistics and how to run a team and things like that, of course. Okay. Well, you know, if, if we talk about all these anecdotes forever, people will probably think we're trying to sell them. So we should probably shift that. <laughs> 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 but, but anyway, no, in all seriousness, I mean, you reached out because you have an interest on education. I think you told me something like, how much do you spend a year on educating yourself? Um, anywhere, but I mean, I, I gave you like the average, uh, it depends on the year. It's between 60 and a hundred grand a year, honestly. Wow. Uh, the, the last three months we've spent, I say we, cause it's, it's really me spending it on myself or someone on the team to go learn something specific. Uh, but we like between May and now we spent like 35 grand on education, just specifically education. Like what, what do you mean by education? Um, coaches, consultants. Uh, courses. I'm a high believer in courses. I don't just sell my own course uh, to educate other people. If I know someone else is better at something, I will pay them to buy their course to learn what it is that's that they're better at. Uh, because if if I believe in myself as a person and I believe in my capabilities, then paying someone five grand or ten grand to come out with like one or two small little things that most people will miss that they do a little bit differently. I should be able to create way more than five or 10 grand of an impact between myself and my business just from learning that one or two little things that most people kind of don't don't see because they're just kind of, I guess, looking at things a little bit differently. And to see the way these people operate or to have someone coach me and tell me maybe where my roadblock is and things like that is, is super important. So education is huge. Every three months, I, I grab my whole team and um, 
is the school. So I grab everyone on the team and I have a call separately with each one. And I say, what areas do you want to improve in in life? Like, where, what are you looking at right now? And, you know, someone, will, let's say on sales, I'm having a hard time doing this, this, this in sales. I'm like, great. I'm going to go and find you some resources that are going to help you help educate you on being better at that thing that you're doing. You know what I mean? The Google guys, I'm having trouble understanding, you know, how to uh, adjust the bids on Google. I'm like, great, let me go find who's the expert in this subject. And I'm going to make sure I get that program for you so that you can self-educate yourself and improve in whatever it is that you're doing. And that's been a game changer in my business, man. Like not even for myself. I think it's important people know how important self-education is, especially after like, actual education like through universities uh, most people kind of stop learning and they just learn based on experiences but if you have a team and let's just say you know i'm competing against someone else who goes and pays 10 grand a month per employee because they want people that are already educated from a high level okay and i'm able to go find someone for three grand a month but self-educate him to get him to that 10 grand a month level within 12 months i now have a team running at twice the profit margin or three times the profit margin as someone else. And everyone is so happy because they've grown so much individually. You know what I mean? It goes way past money for people. I think a lot of people forget that growth is really the biggest intrinsic human motivator. Uh, I really believe that. Yeah. And, and too many people kind of just, they, they graduate and they're like, okay, I've learned what I need to learn. Now it's about making money, but no dude, like you do not know anything at 23 or 25 or 27 in this game of life, you know what I mean? And if you really believe that that was the end of your education, then I think you're gonna, you're gonna be pretty stagnant in your growth in life. So that, that's kind of how I operate and it's it's really shifted my business. Can I ask how old you are? Uh, yeah, I'm 26, I'm pretty young. Wow, you, you have wisdom of a much older person. Uh, now, I was saying I wanna talk about your dad. So is he the type that like educates you through experience? Do you think he was one of your coaches slash teachers slash mentors? Um, I, and you know, it's crazy. I've thought of this because now it's kind of like, and I, I, I don't want anyone thinking of this, like to think, I don't think extremely highly of my dad because I look up to him more than anyone else. Um, but he definitely, uh, the one thing he lacks actually in his life, and I tell this to him all the time, is him self-educating himself because he, he learned based on his experiences and I learned based on his experiences, right? And if, if he had self-educated himself from other people's experiences, I think he would have gotten a lot further to a point he wanted to be at in life as well as brought me with him because I would have learned from their experiences through him. Whereas he did a really good job teaching me things like morals, things like, um, you know, just work ethic and just basic foundations of like habits. Mm -hmm. uh, but from a self-education perspective, like I've just, from the time that I was in college till now, I have not stopped going out of my way to learn things that I truly believe other people don't, don't learn. And I look at that as an advantage. Like I have a $350 book for marketing that I don't think anyone would ever buy because it's $350. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'll buy a $20 book on Amazon about marketing. Why would I buy that book? And that is why I buy that book. Because mm -hmm. like, there's something in there that there's only a handful of people in the world that would pay $350 for. And if I learn one sentence, just one little sentence or one little paragraph out of a 300 page book that changes the way I think about marketing and just makes me better then I'm winning big. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Um, that's how I look at it. I just look at it as a constant investment. So when it comes to my father, he did a great job raising me. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely amazing job. I do always tell him, and to this day, we have phone calls every day. We actively work together on projects. And I always tell him, like, they watch his video. Hey, check this out. Hey, check this out. And I kind of, like, push more things towards him because if you if you think about it, and how old are you, by the way, since you asked well, 40, Yeah, no problem. I'm 49. You're 49. Cool. So, yeah. so my my father and even i guess for you like let's say 20 30 years ago there even 20 years ago 15 years ago who am i kidding 15 years ago there was like nowhere near the access of resources that we have now to self-educating yourself you know what i mean yeah. so it's hard for him to rewire himself and say um you know i'm gonna go on youtube and i'm gonna learn from this guy who does this a lot better than i do and try to figure out something you know what i mean because that just didn't exist as an option um, and so it's hard to kind of rewire him to understanding, listen, you can access these kind of people for this money now and for free and things like that. And like my first, I guess, big purchase, I paid a guy, it wasn't that big, but it was like 3,500 bucks to fly out to his office. Cause he was doing marketing a lot better than I was. And I was like, I want to spend a day with this guy, just understanding how his operation runs. And I was like, what's your price? And he said, 3,500. And I told my father that I dropped 3,500 for this at the time, you know, this was like a few years ago. And he's like, what? You paid 3,500 to go to a guy? What are you doing? You know what I mean? He was like, <laughs> give me this whole speech about like, you, you're going to find out you wasted money. You know what I mean? All these things. And I, I flew over there. And first thing I asked, <laughs> he didn't even say hello. He's like, he's like, was it worth 3,500? <laughs> you know I mean? And I was like, we'll find out in a few months. You know what I mean? And surely it was because I put to work what I learned. So. Um, I hope that kind of answers the question. It was a lot. Yeah, of I like it. I like it. Um, even though I'm 49, I'm not. Uh, and I just, hopefully this doesn't sound defensive, but it, it, it's, I, I do find myself becoming, you know, more and more entrenched in my thoughts and my beliefs. But I'm never one to shy away from listening to new perspectives because I have no clue what's going to happen tomorrow. I have no clue who's going to be dominating tomorrow. I have no idea who's actually running the world right now, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just everything changes so fast. And and you know with COVID and you know with just everything in general with the tech space, it's it's you can't stay dogmatic. If you're dogmatic, you're going to fail, in my opinion. So uh, some of my best learning comes from 22-year-olds. Some of my best learnings come from my sons who are 19. Uh, I, I, I love learning from everybody. Actually, you know what? I have kids who are sub-teens that are some of my best teachers. Um, they don't know it, but I, I love understanding perspectives from every different angle because, to be frank, one angle is not the right angle. So, well said, man. Well said. So anyway, I, I, I really appreciate what, 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 what you're saying. So, uh, now, if you had a chance... To redo everything though because i mean you you went through you said lebanon did you grow up in lebanon or where, where did you grow up no no so i've actually grown up here i'm in atlanta i've grown up here my whole life i go to lebanon due to my family since i was a kid every summer we'd go there and spend three and a half months there okay um, just to kind of their families there and so they go back to their roots kind of thing um, so I actually have a huge friend base there. I understand the market. That, that was the reason kind of wanted to get into it business wise because I understood the market so well. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool actually when you go to all these other countries um, that aren't powerhouse countries, right? 
Um, like, I guess China would be like a powerhouse country, so I don't count that. But like most smaller countries, it's crazy to see the amount of influence that America has on these countries from like social media alone. Like I see something in America happen and then I see it happen three years later in these countries. And then it's crazy. And like, as we, you know, as time goes on and everyone has more access to the internet, things go from just being in the United States to being in another country. That's a third world country within a matter of months because the internet's so powerful. They see that and then they want it. And then now they have a market for it automatically. Um, so yeah, I used to go to Lebanon all the time um, to answer that question, and I've grown up here my whole life, so I'm like fully American, but I'm very cultured when it comes to the Lebanese culture, I guess. Well, so you grew up here, um, and but you had this extra perspective because you went back every summer. Did, did you like your public, or was it public or private? What what kind of schooling did you do before University of Georgia? Um, so I went to private school my whole life. My parents were super adamant about private school, uh, which um i disagree with personally um my i still have a younger brother who's finishing his last year in high school and for the last four years um i basically had you know an infinite amount of debates with my family to just pull him out and put him in a public school um, <laughs> because they spend twenty five thousand a year for him going to a private school for high school you know what i mean uh and private schools just aren't as funded as public schools um sure they might have you know different um ethical teachings or whatever it is, religious teachings based on the private school, things like that. Um, but at the end of the day, they just don't have access to the resources that a public school does. And it obviously depends on your district, right? We're in a really good district. Um, so I wish I went to a public school uh, oh. because I had access to more AP programs, more higher education programs, uh, more after school programs than uh, my private school did. Uh, but yeah, I went to private school my whole life. Fascinating. Uh, so let's say we fix your private school. I mean, I guess you, you're saying you, you want more public elements to it. Would you like more math? Would you like science? You know, would you want more entrepreneurial classes? Okay. So we're talking strictly what I would change about education. Yeah. Okay, cool. I 100% I have, and I've, I went to, I went to high school. I went to college for business. I took finance classes. I took all these things and not once that I understand how to actually manage money, how uh, tax codes work and how establishing businesses need to be done and just actual life habits that people aren't taught. I think in the education system, at least pre-professional education, like pre-master's degree, um, there's a huge lack in just how to run life, how a checkbook works down to that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And you really, unless your parents are telling you, you really have to figure out the hard way. You have to go to a banker, give them something. They're like, eh, this isn't how you actually do this. Here's how. You know what I mean? Um, and so figuring that out, figuring out how a mortgage works and how loans work. And yeah, we took finance classes and stuff like that. But like, I really don't feel like America as an average in an education system can actually like I feel like everyone's main complaint when I talk to them about education is like, I wish I knew how to do the things that I should know for life, you know, how um, things work in rent, how things work in taxes, how I should manage and save my money and things like that. Um, and I think that was a big lacking factor. And I think it should start as soon as high school uh, because kids are making money in high school. They're working full-time or at least part-time jobs. They're working weekends. They're skipping spring break. They're working all summers. Kids make thousands and thousands of dollars in high schools. And mm -hmm. if they can learn to manage that sooner, 
um, I think their their whole life would be much more disciplined and they could reap a lot more out of it. Um, so I do think that's one thing I would definitely change. Well, there, there's arguments that uh, the best way to learn is not through lecture. The best way to learn is actually actively participating or even teaching yourself and learning from your students. Would you say that your teachers were effective despite that? Or would you feel like a different format for learning would have been better for you? Definitely experience um, is the best way. So I do agree that a different format of learning mixed in with the lecturing is good. Um, I do think um, just like very, and luckily for me, like my college years were, were pretty recently. So I, re I remember defining moments. And I know all the teachers that really resonated with me, the ones where I wanted to show up to class, the ones where I took extra effort to learn, and I know exactly what those classes were, were the teachers that actually had really good real world experience and weren't just a teacher the whole time. Um, and so everything they talked about, they really directly applied it to scenarios in the world where you would actually have to use it um, on a common basis, not like math. They're like, you know, you're going to use this if a submarine is going 73 miles per hour, like, you know, like actually applying it to things that you would use um, in the near future or in your day to day. Um, and that made a huge difference. I had a teacher who ran his own companies and made millions of dollars and that it wasn't even about money anymore. He just wanted to be a teacher just to like kind of pass that on to other people. And so I treated that with full value. I went to his office hours. I showed up to every lecture early. I stayed late to ask questions because I knew he had that experience. So um, I do think experience is a big deal and having more hands-on work rather than just PowerPoint lectures all the time um, is a real game changer. I think the best professors are the ones that just open public debates with the students and during the class on the subjects that they're talking about because going deeper on those subjects, I think are the, are the things that you remember the most, not just what was on the PowerPoint slides. Yeah, completely. Um, you know what, let's, let's just do this because I, I, I feel like teachers sometimes are undervalued. Um, let's name some of those teachers. I mean, like, you know, I remember Mr. Whittala from Carson Elementary back in Puyallup, Washington being one of my favorites, you know. I remember Ms. Crepain, a PE teacher who was one of the kindest teachers that I've ever met and, and just felt like she took education seriously. I mean, I, I could probably call out like 15 others, but who, who, what's the name of those, uh, what's their names? I, I just want to make sure they get the credit they deserve. <laughs> uh, I got a teacher, uh, so it's funny you say elementary school because I feel like the teachers I remember the most are like my younger days, like high school and below. Uh, because I had so many professors in college, I don't remember their names, but I know their exact class, like, you know, like, <laughs> like stat 2100 with this guy, you know what I mean? I don't know who this right, guy was, right, but right. that was the guy that taught me this, you know what I mean? So I know their class names, uh, but definitely like um, Mr. Velez is one of them. He was a Spanish teacher. He ironically was my soccer coach as well. So he had a huge impact on me to this day. Uh, what is it now? Like 15 years later, after being his student, we still talk. Uh, we'll get on video calls and things like that. Uh, I had a teacher named, uh, actually I had a guy named Mr. Wynn who wasn't even my teacher in high school, um, but he taught younger grades than me, but he was just a huge influence on me. I would go and just sit in his office and ask him questions about life and things like that. And after high school was over, we had a relationship and we were would work out together. We'd you know text each other about things, uh, get on phone calls and things like that. So I, I do recognize that a lot of those teachers had a big impact on me and I made sure to make sure that they know that you know what I mean by messaging them after being their teach their student and not having any you know 
I guess, intrinsic benefit to, to texting them after I'm not their student anymore. They're not going to give me a good grade. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, and making sure that they knew that they made an impact on me. Um, because like you said, I do feel like they're kind of underappreciated. Yeah. Uh, and they are, they're almost like, kind of like, uh, I don't want to say second parents, that's a little extreme, but they are raising your kids on a day to day basis for years. You know what I mean? Right. Especially in the earlier days. Um, so they do make a huge impact on the way on the way your life kind of goes. Right. They, they definitely don't get paid as much as the Bulldogs uh, football coach, I imagine. So uh, so you're right. The value for teachers uh, is very understated or just underpaid, I guess, in a lot of ways. Big time. Yeah, big time. Hey, you know, this has been awesome. I, I really have enjoyed this conversation. But, you know, we, we need to end uh, the, the podcast with my lightning round, as I call it. And so if you don't mind, Brett, switch gears here, and I'm going to ask you some questions. And if you just give me, like, uh, one to three words, you know, just real quickly for the first couple. I have a third question that's a little deeper, and then the fourth and fifth question. So I'll just uh, just, just start off with you here. Right. Let's right. do it. All right. So, yeah, speaking of individuals and teachers, number one, who's your hero? Father, 100%. Came from a third-world country to America with nothing. Uh, that's just wild to me. So I got to put that up there. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, number two, um, you know, could be a dad, but, you know, let, let's choose somebody that more people know. So who's your, a great role model, though, for society? Elon Musk. And, you know, uh, I usually, you know, chop it off here, but tell me why. Okay. Um, he is one of the few people in the world that I truly believe uh, is not intrinsically motivated by money and is rather intrinsically motivated by making an impact and changing the world and progressing it forward. And I think that is something mass. And I talk about this on a weekly basis. That is something massive that we lack in today's world. Everyone is going after money and very few people are waking up and thinking, how can I change the world? Because it's all because of social media, especially everyone just sees nice things online and they just want nice things where this guy still slept on the floor when he was a billionaire. You know what I mean? Um, he took out a loan for his rent and spent, his investment money on the business to change the world. And now he's, he's lapped NASA, which has spent decades. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I just have the utmost respect for him. And like, you know, money is just not the motivator for him. And I, I just absolutely love that. I think he's like the Einstein of our generation. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, the third question is a little deeper because I'll be frank and I'll admit this for the first time here on the podcast. Um, my cousin committed suicide when she was in her 20. And, Sorry to hear, man. No, 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 you shouldn't be. Uh, but I appreciate the words. And I also know somebody else, I won't go into detail, that did the same. And, and so some, some of our younger people in society, you know, unlike you, because you, you figured it out and you, you're more comfortable, but still people struggle, right? It could be in work, it could be in business, it could be at school. Um, you, you, you kind of figured it out. And so I'm going to pose to you, what do you do to get through those challenging times? Because I, I bet, you know, even though you're doing okay right now, you still probably had some times where you doubted or you struggled. So tell me a little bit about what got you through those like harder times. Um, so one, I always, um, th there's a few things. So there's two sides of the story. There's one, the person who's having the trouble and then two, the person who can help him and doesn't choose to. Um, so um, one, if you are having roadblocks or doubts or whatever it is, um, first of all, it's good to surround yourself and this takes time. It's not immediate. Like over time you want to surround yourself with people that are supportive of whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be family. A lot of the time family is comes off as not supportive because they want the best for you and they think the best for you is something that goes against what you want. Right. So 
Um, finding that group of people that you can kind of just be honest with and go to them with the problems that you have and get through that is one. Uh, but two, there's a lot of just, there's just an abundance of information online and virtually any problem that you have, there's an answer on the internet to how other people are getting through it and taking a combination of all those answers and figuring out what answer is going to work for you um, has been like a huge thing for me. And I'm, I'm not talking about like business. I'm talking about in life in general, like when there's something that you're struggling with, if you can't go to someone that's close to you, you'd be surprised the amount of resources there are online to um, kind of uplift yourself mentally. Um, and I think books and self-education over time has been a huge thing for that because my, I guess my brain has just has a thicker wall of like, hurting it, I guess. Um, it's hard to get through to me and kind of put pain in my brain and make me give up on something because I've self-educated for so long uh, and I understand what's possible. And so I think once you start looking for towards the future and thinking, okay, I'm going through a lot right now, but like really in this world in a matter of months, your whole life could look way different than what it is now. Um, and once you really believe that intrinsically, I think it's very it's much easier to get out of these ruts that you get into in life. Um, and you're, you know, thank you for making me sound like a, a great guy and I got my life together, but like far from that for sure. And every single day people ask me like why I look so stressed and things like that. And, you know, I have my own problems that I deal with on a day to day basis. And what gets me through that is just understanding it's, it's all going to pass at some point if, if, if you kind of stick through it. Um, and having that next step in mind of like, okay, once this passes, this is where I'm going to be. And like really reflecting that outwards from, from, you know, your internal self, I think provides um, kind of like hope in order to get through that. And that's kind of what I've done through my life. It's kind of a weird answer, but that's, that's really my honest answer there. No, that's great. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. That, that I think hopefully will inspire some. It's a good reminder that those resources are more and more available now online. So thank you. Uh, Fortunately, the, the last two are a little bit less deep, so we won't have to go. Uh, I'll give it quick. I'll give it. <laughs> no, I honestly, I really appreciate that because I, you know, while you're answering the question, I kind of thought to myself, I need to switch it from lightning round to like important advice or something like that for a title. So thank you. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, the fourth question is, you know, just to get to know you a little bit better, but what's your favorite meal or dish? Oh, I'd say uh, like on a day to day basis, it's pizza for sure. Like I like steak and stuff, but if every day I'll eat pizza, honestly, I love it. <laughs> you can believe it. Just you're the first person who actually said pizza, but I would assume <laughs> that. that's so funny. That's great. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, last question. Well, it might be because you're a little younger than the other people. <laughs> Look, I have a good taste in food, man. I've I've been at some nice places around the world, but I don't know, man. Like. A pizza just does it different for me. I don't know why. Well, what, is, there, is there a good pizza in Atlanta, just out of curiosity? I mean, I have oh, my gosh. There's a place next to us called Antico's. They have three three locations now in Atlanta. They're like a super Italian wood fire kind of oven place. And I have never had anyone try and not be like, this is one of the best pizzas I've had in my life. And it's five minutes away. So I'm in a dangerous position. You know what I mean? Got <laughs> <laughs> to work out harder. All right. <laughs> All right, last question. Uh, so I, I like to just kind of, you know, extract a little bit about like people's backgrounds that maybe their friends and their family haven't even heard, you know, like, so is, are there any facts or any interesting tidbits or even stories, you know, again, I, I, we'll avoid that 
moniker of a lightning round. Tell us a little bit of something interesting that you think that maybe you've never told somebody or something that maybe even came out before, you know, today, just, just to kind of, you know, mix it up a little bit. Um, okay, so something I've never, I guess, discussed besides, like, my family and closest friends even know this. Uh, just a kind of cool story, too. Uh, in 2007, uh, I was in Lebanon with my family. So I was pretty young at the time. And my siblings were even younger. And um, there was um, – this is kind of like it's not a fact. It's more of a story, I guess. Um, but it's pretty cool. So uh, the airport got – so my dad arrived in Lebanon. And the next day, they there was like a war broke out that day. And another country bombed the airport in Lebanon, and we were stuck in Lebanon. Um, and it was cool because this kind of set the foundation for my life in a weird way. Um, the um, Americans, uh, like the U.S. government, sent over huge military ships to Lebanon to basically take out all the American citizens that were there in the summer because a lot of them traveled back. And so for a 10-day period, I was on a military ship and a military air force base with 5,000 other Lebanese kids that lived in America. <laughs> and so all of us, all of us just literally made lifetime friends over those 10 days because, you know, it's like I'm from Atlanta. I met people from Chicago, from California. Now I can literally go to any state and I have like a handful of people to talk to. And it's crazy how that like such a bad event was turned into such a positive that really like I never remember the bombing of the airport. I only remember everything that came after that. And it was just, it's, it's cool because it's, it's connected me with like my culture here in America. And it's just really cool having those kind of connections. So cool story. I really never have told anyone. I've ne at least definitely not publicly in any way, um, great. but really, yeah. really cool story. Yeah. Wow. No, I, I, I think that's great. Now, you, you make me think about the fact that like 2019 was one of the worst years of my life. But uh, even though COVID here in 2020 has been really bad for many others, hardship actually has made it one of the best years of my life. And so um, it's kind of ironic, right? Because uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who are suffering. There's a lot of people who have a lot of difficulty this past year. But it's also get closer to a lot of people. People are doing more Zoom calls. People are doing more, you know, activities to try to connect. And maybe they might be wearing masks, and maybe they might be six feet from each other. But I think they they've kind of grasped onto concepts and things that perhaps uh, you know we should have been doing before this even happened. Right. For sure. More people are taking walks. That's for sure. I see a lot more couples walking outside together on sidewalks. Exactly. A lot more. Exactly. So um, great story that you shared and good reminder. Um, you know, sometimes hardship does bring people together. So, I mean, we don't. We obviously don't want to promote hardship. Yeah, we did definitely, definitely. Not. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be turned around into something good. That's for exactly, sure. exactly. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And you had, it, you know, honestly, I didn't expect to hear everything that you said today. Uh, there was, there was nothing uh, um, that I could have, you know, honestly prepared to, to hear all these great answers. It's really been interesting hearing your whole story. Uh, I almost feel like we need to do a, a, a second take just to, you know, <laughs> learn more about you, and hopefully, we'll be able to keep in touch with you. But but speaking and keep in touch, or, or maybe even reaching out, you said uh, to reach out with uh, to you again. How do, how do we get a hold of Instagram? I think Instagram is the best way. I do have LinkedIn and Facebook and all these other platforms and email, but uh, I think Instagram is kind of where I'm most engaging and I can go back and forth to people and it provides you know a place to, to get to know me through my content as well and probably get some value out of it. So 
My Instagram is definitely the place. Yeah, and what's the handle just for everybody out there? Uh, it's Eddie Maloof. I, I don't know if my name will pro- it'll probably be in the description of the podcast, but it's E-D-D-I-E, and the last name is M-A-A-L-O-U-F. And for all of you out there, it's with two A's. So, uh, right? Good. Did yeah. I get that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay, awesome. Well, thanks, Eddie. We hope you're the best. Uh, hope you continue to grow, uh, even though it seems like you've been you know, growing to a very wise man here at 26. Uh, I think you're going to do some amazing things. So, Um, Thank you for your time today. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us here on Educate. We sincerely appreciate you spending some time and listening to our show. Hopefully you enjoy and we would always appreciate a little review here at the bottom And on top of that, if you don't mind, subscribe and hope uh, to have you listen to more great episodes we want to share with you, examining the focus of education. Thanks again. Look forward to seeing you back here on the show.